So um, tonight, uh, we are going to be sitting in one of my favorite books of the Bible. This book has ministered to my heart since surrendering um, uh, to the Lord while I was in jail. Um, reading it the first time and every time since, um, he, it has allowed my heart to fall in love with Jesus uh, more and more and more because of the price that he paid to have my heart. And I am always blown away by the, at the love of our Father and the patience that he has towards his wayward children. It always brings my heart to a place um, of, of worship because of his sovereignty. Because he had a plan to redeem my heart and every one of his children since the beginning of time. So tonight we're going to be in Hosea chapters 1 through 3. Hosea is a look at God's steadfast love for Israel in spite of her continued unfaithfulness. This unfaithfulness is vividly depicted through uh, Hosea's marriage to Gomer. Gomer was a prostitute. She was a, a woman of harlotry. Um, and those separation followed between uh, Hosea and Gomer. Hosea's love persisted just like God's love for his people. And reconciliation eventually took place. The marriage between Hosea and Gomer was providentially ordained by God to show his people their harlotry against him. It was set in stone before the creation, the events that took place between Hosea and Gomer, and God and his people were already established. God's purposes and plans are never changed or thwarted. Even when we stray, and commit adultery against our heavenly husband, king, and father. He has bought us with a price that no other lover can match. Hosea is about the beautiful heart of God. His grace we do not deserve. His faithfulness to a faithless people. And a love that never runs out but is steadfast and constant. It's the gospel, straight gospel. So let's begin reading in Hosea 1, starting in verse 1. The Lord gave this message to Hosea, son of Bere, during the years when Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah were kings of Judah, and Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, was king of Israel. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So Hosea married Gomer, the daughter of Diblaim, and she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. And the Lord said, Name the child Jezreel, for I am about to punish King Jehu's dynasty to avenge the murders he committed at Jezreel. In fact, I will bring an end to Israel's independence. I will break its military power in the Jezreel Valley. Soon, Gomer became pregnant again, 
and gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, Name your daughter Lo-Rahamah, not loved, for I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them, but I will show love to the people of Judah. I will free them from their enemies, not with weapons and armies or horses and charioteers, but by my power as the Lord their God. After Gomer had weaned Lo-Rahamah, she again became pregnant and gave birth to a second son. And the Lord said, Name him Lo-Ami, not my people. For Israel is not my people, and I am not their God. So these are some pretty extreme words that are spoken from our God concerning sin. And that's because sin, or I'm sorry, that is because sin is a serious problem. Because God is a holy God. He cannot be near sin. He cannot accept sin. He cannot tolerate sin. Nothing has changed since these words were spoken to the nation of Israel. They are still true today. Psalms 5, 4. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil cannot dwell with you. Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. Listen. The Lord's army is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sin that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Romans 3.23 For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. So we have a serious problem with sin. Just like the Israelites and Gomer. There is a reason why the nation of Israel was likened to a prostitute and why God chose a prostitute to represent Israel in the marriage between Hosea and Gomer. Hosea 1, 2. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods. So God calls them out on prostitution because the Israelites were acting just like a prostitute towards her loving husband. It says in Exodus 20 verses 1 through 5, Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods." God rescues his children, his bride. He brings them out of miserable slavery and oppression. He leads them out of Egypt. He leads them to a land that is claimed for their own. But there's some work that needs to be done and commitment that needs to be made. Heathen nations and kingdoms dwell in this land that God brought them to. Peoples that do not know God or his goodness. People that worship wood and stones. These, these images that are carved. 
People that have heinous worship practices, such as temple prostitution and sacrificing babies. These are evil and wicked people. And God is warning them very loudly and clearly. Do not have anything to do with them. Do not worship their evil and demonic idols. Do not become like them. Be set apart. But Israel does not listen. Israel forgets who their true and loving husband is and they run off. They seek false lovers out. They indulge in their sin and their wicked, their wicked practices. But even in this calling out of wicked sin and spiritual prostitution, God delivers words of hope and restoration. Hosea chapter 1 verse 10. Yet the time will come when Israel's people will be like the sands of the seashore, too many to count. Then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, it will be said, you are children of the living God. See, God doesn't leave his children alone in their destruction and death, but he will allow them to walk out in earthly consequences. That's sin. Before Jesus, we are incapable of not sinning. We have no power over sin and to not choose it. Our sin nature keeps us in this condition where we bow down to sin. The natural person prefers their own power of self-government and glory above the sovereignty and glory of God. Without Jesus, we are all about self, just like the Israelites were. And we still struggle with this battle of the wills even after salvation. You guys have heard me so many times before. I still struggle with choosing um, to walk in the spirit or walk in the flesh. It is a daily battle. It is a, uh, a dying to self that is painful. And yeah, I don't always choose it. We struggle to keep our flesh from taking control again and letting sin rule and reign in our lives. Even after salvation, our old man desires to worship ourselves or indulge in the lust of the flesh. Like I had spoken about on baptism, repentance is not just the first time that you give your life to Christ. Repentance is a continued lifelong journey. We will always should be in this cycle of repentance, of confession, of growth, of, of, of uh, pruning, of sanctification. We seek satisfaction and pleasure from things that are not God. And that is why this account of Gomer, Hosea, the Israelites, and God is still so sweet to us today. We were all once a Gomer. We have all acted as foolish and selfish as the Israelites. We were all as blind as Israel. She begins to believe these pieces of wood and lifeless rocks carved into false gods are to be credited for their food, drink, way of living, clothing. That these idols are what gave them their basic necessities to live. Hosea 2 verses 5 says their mother is a shame. And this is talking about Israel. Israel's mother is a shameless prostitute and became pregnant in a shame way 
She said, I'll run after other lovers and sell myself to them for food and water, for clothing of wool and linen, and for olive oil and drinks. We've all been here, and some are still there. We seek out the next man for satisfaction or fulfillment or that next high to bring some sort of peace. We have chased money to try and fill a void. We look to our job or children to give us identity. We go searching anywhere and everywhere to bring our life meaning, fulfillment, or answers. Those become lovers of our hearts. We live to worship those things. We devote our lives to these idols and false gods. We give them credit for the temporal. Let me say that again. We give them credit for the temporal benefits they give us. Notice what I said twice there. Temporal. This is limited by time or by this life or this state of things. This has a, a, a limited existence opposed to eternity. These things will only last for a moment. That high will only last for a few hours before you start to come down and you need another hit so you don't have to come back to the reality and live all those feelings of loss, shame, regret, self-hate. I've been clean for five years now, but I still remember those moments of being haunted by the choices I made every time I sobered up. So guess what I did? I went out and got me some more so that I could be numb to the world, numb to my feelings, and numb to the circumstances that I put myself in. It's a vicious cycle. I don't miss it. That moment will only last with the money because the money only lasts until you spend it and then you got to go get more. It's the relationship that will, that will give you uh, all the love that you think is love until they do something that cuts your heart to pieces and you're left alone. It's the job that will only give you a sense of accomplishment until you see that there's still someone over you getting paid even more, telling you what to do. So what? You need to hustle more. Maybe even become a cutthroat about it because you need that next position. You need that next uh, promotion. You got to look out for you and yours, right? Come on now. But these things are fleeting. They do not last. And these things of the world will always, always, always leave us hanging in the end. We will, be, we will be worse off when we put our things in these worldly idols, these worldly gods. Because the gods of this world lead nothing, uh, lead you nowhere but death and loss. But that's where God needs you to be. Let me say that again. The things of this world, the pleasures of this world, the gods of this world will lead you nowhere but death and loss. But that's where God needs you to be. If you are called and chosen by him, he will make sure that those things disappoint you, kill your heart, show you that they mean nothing and will fulfill nothing in your life. He needs to show you that those things are empty. That they don't bring life but death. Hosea 
chapter 2, verses 6 through 13. For this reason, now this is, this is God speaking. For this reason, I will fence her in with thorn bushes. I will block her path with a wall to make her lose her way. When she runs after her lovers, she won't be able to catch them. She will search for them, but not find them. Then she will think, I might as well return to my husband, for I was better off with him than I am now. She doesn't realize it was I who gave her everything she has, the grain, the new wine, the olive oil. I even gave her silver and gold, but she gave all my gifts to Baal. But now I will take back the ripened grain and new wine I generously provided at each harvest season. I will take away the wool and the linen clothing I gave her to cover her nakedness. I will strip her naked in public while all her lovers look on. No one will be able to rescue her from my hands. I will put an end to her annual festivals, her new moon celebrations, and her Sabbath days, all her appointed festivals. I will destroy her grapevines and fig trees, things she claims her lovers gave her. I will let them grow into tangled thickets where only wild animals will eat the fruit. I will punish her for all those times when she burned incense to her images of Baal, when she put on her earrings and jewels and went out to look for her lovers, but forgot all about me, says the Lord. Being in this place of complete desperation and banishment is where our Savior meets us. The wilderness is barren, no life. Thirst and hunger consume us. And that is when the compassion and love of our heavenly husband meets us where we are at. Hosea chapter 2 verses 14 through 20. One of my favorite, favorite, favorite verses. The Lord gave me chapter uh, 2 verse 14 while I was in jail. But then I will win her back again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in, in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. Oh, Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. On that day, I will make a covenant with all the wind, wild animals and the birds of the sky and the animals that scurry along the ground so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all swords and bows, so you can live unafraid in peace in safety. I will make you my wife forever showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. Oh, that is glorious love. That is divine love that God bestows on his bride, his children. This unmerited kindness we do not deserve. This is a love that can always be relied upon. 
But he allows our eyes to be open while in the desert of dry bones in death. We must see that our lives and our nature will only choose bondage and slavery. That is our old nature. That old man, that sinful nature that was born into this world. We will only choose death. We will only choose bondage and slavery. Where there is no love. Nothing but take, take, take. You are chained to sin. Nothing and no one can set you free. And we see this depicted in the life of Gomer. Hosea 3. Then the Lord said to me, and he's speaking to Hosea. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them. So I bought her back for 15 pieces of silver and five bushes of barley and a measure of wine. Imagine that for a second. Gomer is gone. Gomer is no longer considered Hosea's life or I'm sorry, Hosea's wife because of choosing to be in prostitution. This woman belonged to many men. She was bound to this slavery. She was sold to the highest bidder. And she had to be restored back to the position of wife. And this was done through a customary practice of purchase. Can you imagine this with me just for a second? Close your eyes and imagine Hosea has not seen or heard from his wife for some time. He knows what she is doing. He knows that she is learning or she is earning her living and surviving by sleeping with many men. So God finally tells him it's time. Hosea, it's time to go get your bride. So Hosea sets out to find her. He doesn't know what condition he will find her in, but he is prepared to pay the price to buy his bride back no matter what. Can you imagine the whispers? The town knows that, uh, what uh, Gomer does. She, they know who she is. That she abandoned her children and husband to live a life of prostitution. And here is Hosea coming to bring her home. He, prays, he pays the price of 15 shekels of silver and nine bushels of barley. Gomer is restored. She is his wife again. But this picture of restoration is nothing is nothing compared to what happens between God and his chosen. That is great love. We are in the same chains of bondage and slavery, whether that's by addiction, whether that's by our past, whether that's by trauma or shame, whatever it is, we are in bondage and slavery. We were committing adultery against our precious and loving beloved. We left him behind to find comfort in empty lovers. Lovers that beat us up and leaving us even feeling more worthless and empty. 
But we are so blind and consumed by our sin that we keep going back out there. We keep killing ourselves with each indulgence of sin, going farther and farther away from home, from the loving arms of our sweet and tender husband. Until one day, we don't even know how to get back home. We've gone so far away that we don't even know our way back. We are completely consumed and surrounded by our sin and our bondage. We are so lost. We are so broken in the wilderness. We can't even find our way back. No matter how hard we try, we can try to move somewhere else. We can try to associate with other people. Or you know what, if I just get that job, or, or if I just get that good husband, or maybe if I just get my kids back. No matter how hard we try, we will never be able to get back home. But one day, God turned to Jesus and told him, it's time. Go get your bride back. So Jesus came after us. Oh, he ran to find us, you guys, ready to pay a price that no other lover could ever match. Isaiah 53, 3-9 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord, yet Yet, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone. But he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But three days later, he rose again. He is seated on the throne next to to God. Jesus knew. Jesus knew he was going to find his bride broken and dirty with nothing to give. And he still paid this ultimate price to restore us back to him and the Father. This is the gospel. This is the love of the Father. This is for every person whose name is called and those who are chosen. A redeeming love that cannot be measured. A restoration that is never returned or worn out. Jesus not only claims us as his bride, but he gives us new life. 
and a new identity. We are no longer known as a whoring woman seeking the pleasures of the gods of this world. No, no. We are now known as children of God, forgiven, righteous, holy. We belong to him now, not the world. So we will not partake in the former ways of life. We will not do the dope. We will not chase the money or the other means of escape or fulfillment. We will learn to run to our husband. We will run into the loving arms of our Redeemer. Through the Holy Spirit, we will learn how to trust and obey him. With long life, he and only he will satisfy us. And when your eyes have finally been opened to this incredible love, and the price that Jesus paid for you, you can do nothing but surrender. You can do nothing but want to know him more, be with him more, obey him and walk with him every single day of your life. You guys, I am never going back. I am never going back to the dope. I'm never going back to the crime. I'm never going back to any of that. Because all that did was kill and destroy me. It kept me in chains of shame and condemnation. I hated who I was. I was the mom that chose a needle in her arm over her children. I was the woman that would rob you blind and say, you know what, I got you, I love you, and walk out the door with your stuff. Like, I, am, I was nothing nice. And that's not who I am anymore. When you have tasted and when you have seen that he is so, so good and that he loves you so, so much and he will take away all of that shame, I am a new creature. The old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. You will want nothing to do with this world but you will want to follow as hard as you can after him. His love does that to those who have experienced it and surrendered to it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this one verse. Hosea 10, verse 12. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. you so much for running after me and paying the ultimate price one that no other lover of this world could ever match my place beside you is sure is strong and for eternity i thank you i thank you for taking my pain taking my deserved death taking my punishment I thank you for healing my heart and my life, Lord, so that I may proclaim the good news of the gospel, that I may testify 
and proclaim what Jesus has done for me so that others may hear. So that they may hear the name of Jesus and know what he has done for them. If he has done it for me, he has done it for them. So I pray right now, Lord, that this this gospel truth, this redeeming love, this price that they were bought for would be uh, just planted deep, deep within their hearts and that that they would know and that they would come to love and surrender Jesus. Surrender to you, Lord, King of Kings. That they may be transformed, that they, they may no longer be chained to this world and known for the ways of the world, but that they would, they would become your bride. Oh, your glorious and beautiful bride. That they would be made new. That they would walk in your righteousness, Jesus, and that you would transform their hearts radically, miraculously, Lord, because that's what you do. I thank you, God, for, man, just your presence here tonight, Lord. I thank you for your truth and your your written word, that we may open it and that we may know and see how good you are. Taste your faithful love to a faithless people. I pray, Lord, that you would just bind the enemy from this place and you would gag them. There would be no lies or deceit whispered in the ears of these women that the seeds would be planted deep and not snatched away. I pray, Father God, that they would just allow their eyes uh, to be opened, tear the veil, Jesus. Allow them to know the truth of the gospel. Call them out by name. We just love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.